0: Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Alright, Erev Tov everybody, Shavua uh, Tov. Continuing with the laws of the Hafiz Chaim, we are in Klal Gimel, Halacha there are many cases, other cases, where habitual Lashon speakers can relate to Lashon very cunningly. For instance, they speak about a matter concerning their friends very innocently in the course of conversation as though they are unaware that the matter that they're talking about is La Hara. So they pretend that it's just innocent information, neutral information, but they know that the listener is going to interpret it negatively. So here the scenario says, Mrs. Schwartz, quote, unquote, innocently describes to Mrs. Weiss the magnificent and luxurious design of the Gluck home, Since Mrs. Schwartz knows that Mrs. Weiss has strong opinions about excessive materialism, Mrs. Schwartz has thereby disparaged the Glucks in Mrs. Weiss's eyes, and her comment thus constitutes lashon hara. Or, alternatively, sheelu maasav shel ploni, they describe um, some type of negative behavior uh, uh, that describe the action part that is uh, about a known person all of this in similar forms are considered So here the note says, scenario F, Rabbi Friedman is a rabbi in a metifda, in a high school or yeshiva. He goes bicycling bicycling twice a week to exercise. Aryeh thinks nothing of Rabbi Friedman's exercise program until Reuven meets Aryeh and cunningly lectures him about how unseemly it is for rabbis to exercise in public. Although Reuven never mentions Rabbi Friedman's name, Reuven has demeaned him in Aryeh's eyes, and doing so is thus forbidden as Lashon Hara. Okay. Halacha 6. Veda, you should know, that even if one's Lashon Hara does not cause any damage to the party about who it is, spoken about, it is still forbidden. Kegon. Shelo kiblu devarav If Reuven spoke derogatory information about Shimon, but the listeners didn't believe Reuven's report. Vecha yotze Or similar scenario. Afal pichen, shonara lo Navka. Such words are not excluded from la-shonara. kapara, and you require atonement. Ve-yoter so scenario here says, scenario G. After David fired Jack, Jack found success at a new job. Nevertheless, everyone knew about his burning anger at David, who had been a longtime friend. Jack commented to a neighbor that he was glad to finally work for someone who knows what he's doing. Knowing that the comment comes from bitterness, the neighbor disregards it. However, it is still La Sonara. Biotermise, moreover, Even if Revuen surmises from the outset that his words will not cause any harm to the subject because he knows that the listeners will not accept the report. He's still not allowed to speak negatively about Shimon. Veda'od, you should know further. (coughs) Klal gadol ve'ikar ba'inyanim elu. There's a fundamental principle pertaining to these matters. That he spoke or behaved in a questionable manner. Whether it is something between him and Hashem or him and his friend. And it is possible to judge Shimon's questionable actions. Uh, in a positive, favorable light, rather than a negative light, the law is, if Shimon is a pious, God-fearing man, Reuven is obligated, he is required, to give him benefit of the doubt, and judge him favorably. Even if it seems more weighted, to be possibly guilt, he still, because Shimon is a God fearing pious man, you have to um your uh, to judge him favorably. So here scenario H talks about one Shabbat, a shul hosts a guest speaker. As the speech goes on, the rabbi keeps checking his watch. Finally, he leaves the room. After Tvila, Avi tells his friend that their rabbi has an ego and resents giving up the spotlight. Despite appearance, appearances, because the Rav is learned and God-fearing, Avi must judge him in a positive light and assume there was good reason for his uh, for his behavior. Okay. <clears throat> um, the note also here says, this concept explains why the punishment for the sin of the spies who spoke about Erez Israel was a decree to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. One year of wandering in punishment for each of the 40 days the spies spent investigating Israel. At first glance, the punishment seem, is puzzling. While the spies traveled Eretz Yisrael for 40 days, they slandered the land only for one day, not for 40 days. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz in Tzichot Musar explains that they were punished for their jaundiced view of Eretz Yisrael because this is the underlying evil of one who speaks Lashon and that sin extended for 40 days. Okay. Ve'im continues. ve'im ben benonim. If, let's say, Shimon was not a tzaddik or not a pious man, he was a, a regular guy, an average uh, piety type of person. <laughs> Meaning, sometimes he refrains from sin, but sometimes he stumbles. Im Then, if the issue is equally weighted, that means it could be he acted appropriately, could be he didn't. One is required to decide the law, or to decide for himself and judge him favorably. Like If someone judges his friends favorably, then Hashem in return will judge him favorably. And this obligation is also included in what Hashem said, a mitzvah in Parashat Kedoshim: With righteousness, you shall judge your fellow. However, if Shimon did something that weighs more towards guilt, in that situation, one is not required because uh, he's of average person, and he's not required to give Shimon the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Even if the matter is more towards guilt, and you're not obligated to give him the benefit of the doubt, at least consider it inconclusive. Rather than assume that he's guilty by law. And therefore, in a case in which it seems likely that Shimon did was justified, certainly forbidden to actually judge him unfavorably. And if Reuven judges Shimon unfavourably in a situation where you should be judging him favorably, and as a result of this unfavorable judgment, Reuven now proceeds to disparage him. Not only did you not uh, not only did you violate the commandment of which is with righteousness you should judge your fellow, because he was deserving of such, you also transgressed. Sipur spe- speaking lashon hara. Let's do one more halacha to finish the klal. Even a situation where Shimon's questionable action, uh, you know, being improper, outweighs that that was proper. Where there would not be much of a prohibition by law for Reuven to judge if unfavorably still would not permit Reuven to speak negatively about Shimon. In such a case, the law only permits Reuven to conclude in his own mind that Shimon acted inappropriately. You have no right to go around and say uh, this is what you know." Shimon did. You saw Shimon come out of McDonald's and taking a bite from the burger. So it's no longer something that you know, I maybe went to the bathroom. Okay, no, you saw him. No, he, ate, he ate the burger. Fine. So, in your own mind, you can conclude that you know he did something wrong. does this give you a right to go and spread that uh, uh, to other people. Unless all the conditions that are delineated in clouds four, five, and ten are fulfilled, we didn't get there yet because there are many cases, where even if Shimon had indeed acted improperly, you would still be forbid, forbidden to disparage him to others. Which will be clarified in these. Uh, so just to summarize, three: it is forbidden to speak even if, A. In the presence of the subject, B. In jest, not out of spite, C. If the listeners will not believe the D. In if it will not cause the subject harm, E, if the name of the subject is not mentioned but can be inferred some other way, and F, if was is said is seemingly a neutral mo- remark but the speaker intends to cause a negative outcome, all those situations is forbidden to speak. When it comes to judging favorably, if someone witnesses a fellow Jew doing or saying anything that can be interpreted as proper or improper, the observer is obligated to judge him favorably depending on the following. A, if he's a God-fearing person, then he has to judge him favorably, even if the, acts see, even if the act seems more improper than proper. But the fact that he's a Hasid, you have to, or you have to judge him favorably. And if he's an average Jew, we call that again for lack of a better term, okay? Meaning he, sometimes he stumbles, then you have to judge him favorably only if either possibility is equal, like is equally likely. If guilt is more likely. It's preferable to judge him favorably, but he's not obligated to. However, he is still forbidden to uh, spread or uh, and disparage him on the basis of this uh, of this assumption. You can keep it in your mind, but you can't go out and spread that uh, what you saw and what you think.